Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show planned out for, for you, but as we all know, no plan survives first contact, right? And so, first thing, before we do anything, before anything else derails my train of thought, I want to make sure everybody likes, subscribes, hits the notification bell, and that we get notified every day with a little email saying, good morning, there is a live video that everyone would like to talk to. And here we are. Uh, we have a couple of quick comments. Jassa, good to see you. Um, and Winterstorm, good morning as well. Any, uh, let's uh, do a quick little intro here. Dave, your former, former military, now author, and yogi. <laughs> I like to do yoga and meditate. Oh, no. And write oh, we've got a namaste. <laughs> it's on. Sorry. It's all good. Did I miss anything? Anything uh, else you want to? Let the world know who you uh, are. Father, husband, and just general light worker. That's how I see it. General light light worker? Like you just kind of yeah. do a little bit of light work? Oh, like light work. Uh, like no, heavy, general, yeah. no heavy lifting for this dude. Yeah, 15 yeah. pounds light. max. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all those muscles. He doesn't lift anything heavy. I yeah. like it. Just, uh, just spirit. I lift spirit. Spirit. There yeah. we go. I like that. Uh, and Shane, thanks for joining us. Pre CEO and President Shane Holmes, as you can all see, it's written right there. But what else? Who who are you at outside of the title? Who am I outside of the title? I'm a uh, I'm a happy father to a uh, 23 year old, almost 23 year old, and uh, you know, husband to my partner, uh, you know, Matt, who uh, we've been together now for about eight years. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Do you guys um, any? thoughts or questions before we go into the topic of the day i have a really good one that i'm very excited to uh put up here because i've been holding yeah. on to it for a while because sean keeps taking over the freaking conversation i'm gonna take it over right now for <laughs> right, 30 seconds her. what do you got <clears throat> shane i just had a quick question for you i saw your photos as you you were banging around down in the desert there how was the trip i mean it looked good you kind of inferred that it was good but i don't think i ever got the Shane recap or the Sean recap in this case of yeah. how, how it was, how was it? It's amazing. It was mm. amazing. Uh, you know, anything to get out of winter at this point, but uh, you know, done something we've never, uh, never for whatever reason, all these years later, never done before. And we went up to uh, Sedona mm -hmm. and what a magical, magical place to be in. You know, it's got a vibe, right? It does. It has it does a, have a vibe. You know, with the uh, the mountains so close by, I think we spent more time taking pictures of the scenery around than. Uh, Me too. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I, I, I would go back there. I would like to spend a, a whole week there and uh, and hike around again. Now I'm not kidding when I say it's got a vibe. Did you feel the vibe? Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Yes, because we went hunting for a vortex or two while we were there. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, good man. I dig it. And you know, if if you'd have known David Lee Sedai before you went down there, you could have got your light. You could have been hunting some light as well. Not light work, though. Not light work. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you said light work, the first thing that kicked in my head was light duties. I was like, <laughs> Me too. Just, just light duties all the time, not doing it. It's I've, been, uh, I've been surrounded by psychics for the last four, four weeks now. So mm. it's, it's weird when you're in an environment because, like, the army is one, and, mm -hmm. and that's got a vibe. And then the psychics, they got a vibe too. And so... The light worker kind of I, like mentality that I've kind of developed, I guess, is just because like when you're around these like cosmic antennas of information and high intuition, you yourself 
begin to elevate your abilities. And like, that's what I really got from this experience so far. It's just been, it's been incredible to be around people that resonate on high frequencies, especially when you're surrounded by a lot of people that are low frequency. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a noticeable Delta. It's an obvious Delta when you step into a room full of that versus something else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, and, I was only teasing you with the with the light work. I knew immediately what you were talking about, of yeah, course. Yeah. Uh, but you could have been referring to lightsabers as well, because I yeah. mean that was just a recent thing as well. So it was. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I do uh, I do vibe with you on this one, and here's why: it's not like uh, I read a book about it once and then I thought it was a thing. I've I've been surrounded by it myself for uh, a chunk of my life as well. Yeah. My mom, um, in she lives in Northern Ireland and and has uh, lived there for quite some time now since I joined the army. And uh, people from all over Ireland travel uh, to go see her, or used to, not not quite so much as anymore because she's quite old, uh, but used to travel to see her to get their quote-unquote fortunes read or their future told. Yeah. And she could do it through cards or tea leaves or whatever, lots of different mediums. And listen, it's it, these, they're not just stories that family relays to me when I go back to Ireland every once in a while. I've been stopped on a sidewalk in Oma County, Tyrone, walking down the sidewalk. And usually because I look like this and they'll look at me and think, who's that stranger in town? And they'll stop me and say, hey, are you uh, Bridget Taylor's son? Yeah, I am. Uh, did you know? And then they relay a story to me. And, and, and it's not just a one time thing. I've been stopped several times by random people who just look at me and think, I think you might be Sean Taylor. They tell me stories about how they've gone to visit my mom and their futures have been told. And the future has played out that way. And so whatever, man, like, is, is it real or is it not real? I don't actually care. Cause like what you choose to buy into what you believe in is what shapes your world. And so yeah. you shaping your world through light work is, is a far better way to live life than, than not even believing that there is this ability to shape your creation, yeah. shape your life, shape your existence, shape your future. Yeah, I've heard Ireland in itself is like a magical place. So your mom is, is probably doing some incredible work there. I'm sure just illuminated by the environment, but indeed, yeah, like once you kind of have that dark depth of your mind that you've, you know, you get to like, I've, I've experienced anxiety, depression, even suicide ideation. And that's what pushed me to like, it was the catalyst that catapulted me to this light because once you know the darkest depths, then you can ascend. And, and from that bottom, it's only up, right? So uh, that's, that's the message that I, I definitely have committed myself to because I realized that when I was in an institution of like the army, I was so replaceable. It showed me that when I took parental leave, I, I left thinking I, I'm, I'm letting my guys down. I'm such an integral piece of this, you know, unit. And then when I pulled myself away to be with family for six months and then reintroduced myself back, I realized how goddamn replaceable I was. And then I knew that everything I've been through and everything I know and everything that I can do isn't replaceable. So that's when I got out and wrote my book because that's that's something that, again, nobody else could do. So that was what, what started this whole kind of light work thing was I just wanted to share with other people like, hey, there's a message where you could cope with your anxiety. There's a message that you could cope with your depression. But my thing is all about transcending it because the mind is the most powerful tool in the universe and we are not given an owner's manual. So if it's set in a way where we're experiencing these things because we don't have the skills to navigate out 
or to widen our perception or open our mind. I want to be that force that provides information and proof and permission for people to be authentic to themselves. And that's all I'm about. Yeah, well, uh, believe me, there was a time in my life where I never thought I'd be standing in front of a freaky little microphone saying my mom tells fortunes. Okay, <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> and And there's no way in hell I would ever say that out loud if I didn't consciously think about it a split second beforehand and think that's the right thing to say. It's the right thing to say because not too many people expect a dude like me to be chirping about things like this. Same here. So I, I, I just, I, I want people to think outside of their own little box that they've created, this thought construct that they've set for themselves in their lives uh, for quite some time and just look outside of it a little bit and see what's positive in the world uh, beyond their own tiny little existence. Yeah, a lot of people are contained to an identity, but the truth is that we are in this perpetual evolution of that. And so it's always like a constant redefining. But again, most people speak themselves with like a spell into I am this, I am that. And then they create these limitations, live in a box and then struggle. And then, you know, wh why do that? <laughs> you know, but it's because we are we are just kind of thrown into this world, not given the tools to live a life true to ourselves and therefore lack that understanding of how to live free and, and open and in that perpetual evolution, because you're so much more than the identity of what you think you are. You just need to know who you are and then live as that. Yeah. Well, I think there is a little bit of a step before that where you may or may not have the tools to do whatever the heck you want to do in life. You'll figure that out down the road, whatever you'll pick up the tools or you want. doesn't matter. There's a step beforehand and that's you're allowed to, Mm -hmm. you're, you're allowed to do literally anything you want within reason, mm -hmm. within the law. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're allowed to become anything you want. You can change your name. You can change your existence. You can change your focus. You can do a 180. Mm -hmm. um, you can elevate your ways of thinking. You can literally do anything you want. But you've got you've to believe that. Mm -hmm. And then you can get on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without that. Anyway, I derail, I derail Chance Burles. It's all good. David. <laughs> yeah, David. It's all good. David. We, we can't have him back on again. Look at how he derails the derailing stuff buddy. left, right, and center. You've got a you've got a topic, you know. You know I'll what? The funny, the funny thing is, I got another one. As you guys are <laughs> talking, all kinds. I came up with a I came up with a whole nother one. And I think this is a good good um thought process to go down is that there, a lot of times it takes people hitting rock bottom yes right you hit that floor where you think nothing can get worse than this and then you kind of there's a realization at least in my mind that, that uh, you're like wait it it can get worse than this right can i tell you a story By i don't want to take so much time but i got a good one <laughs> all right hit it so i i left my job because the psychic fair offered me, I went, I went to go to the local one that uh, was in Brandon, Manitoba. And they were at first like, no, because you're not a psychic, you're not a crystal vendor. But I talked my way onto it, got onto it. Then they were like, you can come with us all across Canada. And I'm like, great. Now I can spread the message of my book and go across Canada. You know, this is fantastic. Uh, so I did a couple dates, Regina, um, Calgary. Calgary was insane. Like I sold out of all the books that I brought for the whole tour and I had to reorder and, and get more. It was incredible. My dreams were literally coming to fruition. 
I get to Saskatoon and, and I want to carry on with that vibe. Uh, the second day I'm here, I went to go get groceries. I go to just drop them off at the friend's house that I'm staying, which is right here. Uh, and a city street like sweeper backed into my car, impaling my radiator exploded. And I was like, holy shit. This is oh, sorry for sorry. this is how I get on with this tour. And like now that was just taken away from me. Um, so then I thought that was that was bad. And then a couple of days later, the guy who's running the event uh, got kind of upset about an expectation that he created. And, and it was like a weird situation. But he basically said, like, we're parting ways like you're done now. You're not coming with us to Edmonton, even though I had an Airbnb booked and all this stuff. And so that really shook me. And this just happened like two days ago. So it, it was one of those things where the car, thought I thought that was like bad. Then this other thing happened. I'm kicked off this tour. Like, oh, my God, my world is crumbling down. But now I'm seeing so many other opportunities open up because of this. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's one of those things where you can literally be, I was taken to my knees. I, I had like those moments where I was literally crawling or crying like a baby. Like, why, 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 why is this happening? But once I kind of got past that and like, it was like a catharsis, it was out. And then I like grounded myself and then reflected about the whole situation. I realized I was going to go back to my beautiful family. There's going to be other opportunities down the road. This isn't over for me. Like, I remember like so many other things in my life that are so much worse than this, but like, it's just that perceptual thing where your, your problems are just a narrow perception. And then once you kind of broaden that out a bit, which takes skill and, and, and time, but when you do, you start to see that there's so many other doors and windows. It's literally infinite possibilities as we exist. So I just wanted to share that story because you, you know, even on, there's so many levels to it. Cause I did that within my own spiritual journey that like got me past my anxiety and depression. And now that I'm like in this like promotion, getting out there, connecting with people, this is like a different world. And so I'm just, I'm using my own book as like a tool to guide me through these things as they happen. Yeah, I just wanted to share that. Absolutely, man. This is, yeah, <clears throat> it's actually kind of goes along with what I was, uh, what I was thinking was the fact that there are times that you think your microphone, buddy, my microphone. What's yeah, now it's working. Mind? Now that you're close to it, <laughs> I didn't move. But all right. Um, so the 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 thought I had was the fact that you know rock bottom is different depending on where you are in your life. Rock bottom is different where it it could be just a day, right? And your rock bottom is different than anybody else's. Shane, you got any? You got a thought? I can see something brewing in the back of your head there. No, I mean a lot of that resonates uh, resonates with me. I mean playing around on social media. I mean you realize. You know, the only way to connect with people is, you know, is just being your authentic self. But, you know, I mean, going back to the uh, to the rock bottom side, I think there's there's been lots of moments in my life where I felt like I've hit rock bottom. And, you know, to, I mean, to that point, uh, you know, you do come up with a silver lining out of all of it. And I think that uh, that's important for people to understand is in your worst moment, you're you're, you're actually going to find something really positive come out of it. You know, so it's great to hear that, uh, you know, hear that story, especially because that's, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. hundred percent. Is there, well, let's, let's see, are there any specific tools or actually before I even get to tools, Sean, <laughs> do you have any points on this? Because usually you like to push back on what I say. So in terms well, you of haven't said bottom, anything yet, well, I think that there's a pretty general thought process in that when you think you've hit rock bottom, you're nowhere close, right? Like it can, it can always get worse, but I think people need to hit a rock bottom or hit a point in their own minds where they go, I, 
can't do this anymore in order to make a bat in, in order to make a large change in their life. What do you think? Well, you're you're right to identify that because I was not going to talk about it, but I will now because <laughs> I don't like the word. Yeah, I don't like the word rock bottom. And I think it's not that Shane is using it wrong, and it's not that David's using it wrong. It's not that anyone's using it wrong. I just don't like the word, and here's why. Because then people buy into their own nonsense. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm in rock bottom. Okay. I hit rock bottom. Jeez. You know, I'm, I'm validating my rock bottomness. Dude, there's, there's levels to the game. <laughs> that ain't rock bottom yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a moment in time. Sure. It's not the end state. It can always be worse. It can always be better. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, an, it's a non-staged continuum that you ebb and flow in a linear way throughout your entire life. Sometimes a, you're sometimes you're an 8.7 out of 10. Sometimes you're a 1.3 out of 10. And it ain't points. It ain't 0.35. It, it ain't anything other than it is a an infinite or a non-scaled linear motion that you move up and down through in life. There is no rock bottom in my world. I don't like the word because then it, it validates your rock bottomness, and I don't care for it. I agree 100%. I think that uh, the way it is is that when you think something is good or you think something is bad, is that's, that's just an opinion. And what is is beyond all of that. So, you know, acceptance for what is, because, like, you could pop your tire in your car and be like, oh, what a terrible thing. But what if in 200 meters down the road, that would have been a fatal accident? Is that tire popping bad? Like the judgment of good and bad is, is a duality that is beyond the truth. And so mm -hmm. we get wrapped up in the drama of, oh, this is good. Oh, this is bad. Oh, you know, and it's, it, it's not. It's just, again, you're in that perpetual evolution of I'm present, I'm in the moment, and I'm executing to the best and highest consciousness that I could possibly offer. And I'm doing that out of my heart, and I'm using my mind like... I, like I play game like a, like like chess, you know. I move my pieces and I use the past to know and use my intuition to make those moves. And and so it's all consoled through my heart. And again, it's it's through acceptance of what is. And I think that that's the most important thing because the drama will 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 take us through all these like, oh, this is good. Is it's it's so far beyond that because it doesn't matter. Yeah, that it, it doesn't matter. It but you do have to recognize the moment. And so like. Mm -hmm. You know, I just heard some dude chirp about his radiator and he didn't seem too impressed. That was you, by the way, David. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you had emotion connected to that. Mm -hmm. And so your emotion was higher than just, yeah, non-factor. You were mm -hmm. actually emotional when you were telling that story. So there is emotion in the moment. Mm -hmm. So let's not pretend it doesn't happen because it happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. But it's for us to control. So the emotion has to happen, but it can be something as simple as this dang, that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. Or it can be full tilt 10 out of 10. Go, go nuclear in the moment, jumping up and down like you're three years old, stomping your feet. There's all kinds of levels to emotion, but you can't be non-emotional about the moment because mm -hmm. then you're a robot. Then you're a Terminator 9000, which I used to be for a little while. Non-emotional, taking care of business. And it ain't a good place to be. And so you can't like move that sort of, we'll call it skill or talent set to be non-emotional throughout the remainder of your life to manage life because it, it's a non-life if you're not applying emotion it's it's understanding your scale of emotion in the moment that is calibrated to who you are 
Like if you're highly emotional this year because of X, Y, and Z, if you take your highly emotional state and you dull it down into a non-authentic self, well, now you're running your emotions wrong. Like it's, it's conversely wrong because you need to peek those out because that's who you are at this moment. You've got to learn how to like move through these wild emotional states, tamper them down either through your own peanut or someone else's peanut interrupting you with a pattern interrupt, getting a grip on those emotions until you can calibrate it into a bandwidth that is appropriate for how you want to run your life. And so, you know, it could be as simple as, dang, that's a bummer, or it could be as simple as, God, non-factor. But there has to be emotion in the moment, I guess is my point. I like that. And, you know, I want to go back to the, um, the chess analogy here is that it is what it is for sure. Life is like life happens, right? You move a piece, someone else moves a piece. You move a piece, someone else moves a piece. You lose a piece, dang. That did not go according to plan. That's a bummer. Right? That's a bummer. You lose your queen. That that's a big deal. Yeah. Unless you set it up that way, right? Unless you set that trap, because there are a lot of strategies in chess that are set up to lose your queen ahead of time, so that you can start taking other pieces outside of that. And so I think that's <clears throat> a big part of this is that there's a. It really is not only are the emotions there. And they are manageable, but it could be part of the plan, right? <laughs> Sometimes you have to, and you're going to have to lose your, you lose your queen a dozen times, two dozen times before you actually go, uh, wait a second, <laughs> I can't get upset about this. It's, yeah. a, it's a fun analogy, but it doesn't really play out in real life because you only get one game of chess, by the way. Well, yes, but. How many queens do you get in one game? Just one? Okay, check. One, one queen, yes. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but you know what I... The I understand stands. the spirit <laughs> of what you're trying to say. Uh, we do have a, a really good comment here that I want to get uh, that I want to hit right off the bat. But uh, Jazza says hope is a good thing in positive manner. And I think hope is a good thing, but it is not a course of action. And so it's always good to be hopeful, but you need to you can't rely on hope to actually. You need belief. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then the other one here, which is from Winterstorm, rock bottom in high school could be breaking up with a girlfriend. Rock bottom as an adult could be losing a child mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that really applies to everything that we're talking about is that how you actually view it determines how, how big, a, big a deal or little of a deal it is. Mm -hmm. And here's another little uh, pro tip. So um, the older you get, the easier it is to put that into context. And so when you're a teenager in high school, just full of emotions and you lose your favoritest girlfriend ever. I, I barely remember her name. Um, so <clears throat> it was Laurel. So when you lose <laughs> your girlfriend, you. <laughs> gotta keep it real. Gotta keep it real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when you, when you lose your girlfriend, it's a big deal in high school. But now it isn't. Now, what is context? So, you know, times are tough in high school. I lost a girlfriend. But I also lost my brother. He committed suicide due to bullying. And so then it was a big deal. Now it's a big deal, but a different big deal. Because through time, I've managed to not get right with it, but contextualize it through my life journey. 
and be able to manage it to some degree or, or use it as a tool to some degree or kind of be right with the moment to some degree far more than when I was like 16 years old. And so using rock bottom as the example or using, you know, those hope or when you're in high school moments in time, all of these things sort themselves out. If you keep your nose to the grindstone, you stay disciplined and focused on always doing your best couple decades, three decades, four, seven decades later, however long it takes, eventually you'll be able to look backwards and think, yeah, I think I got a sense of context now. Mm. I like that. Any thoughts, guys? Shane? That's the silver lining. You know, I, I don't think there's a lot of experiences that you're going to have in life, whether you're up or down, that, that you don't learn something from. And, uh, you know, it may take time, longer time to, uh, to get over certain situations, certain events, but I mean, you have to, you do have to continually move forward. Uh, you can't dwell on the past, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, in that context, you know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that you can move on, you know, but again, you have to take something away from it. You have to learn, you know, how to, uh, how to deal with these situations. Yeah, that, uh, that I think yeah. builds, uh, builds up your character. And I think uh, an, an additional piece to that, and Shane, I know you understand this, uh, it's not just the idea of learning in the moment or growing out of the moment or improving somehow due to the moment, but it's also learning the lesson for yourself and the team. Like, mm -hmm. I study things to improve myself, but more correctly, I study myself to improve the world around me. Sure. And so most of my time contemplating is spent about the world not about sean uh and like i try to improve myself on the daily of course but i'm trying to change the world a little bit and so my my time is spent on that so i think as a young man i wish someone could have like punched me hard in the shoulder to wake me up and say hey dude you know like get a grip on yourself but start learning how to get a grip on the world around you so that you can help improve it learn how to work the team would you have listened yeah well I, uh, depending on what age so you're you're right that's a great question depending on what age i wouldn't have at 18 maybe unless it was the right dude mm. yeah. you know what i'm saying and, and i've said this before it's the right person at the right time saying the right thing the other r in that sentence is respect so you can say all, all of, you can hit all of those marks, but if I don't respect you, you didn't say a word. Exactly. And so at 18, right guy, right thing, right time from the right person that I respect, hell yeah, I would have listened. But it took a few years for me to start bumping into people that I respected. Mm -hmm. And so that wasn't on day one. That was on year X. And when it started happening, when I started be, when I became surrounded by men that were better than me, were more inspiring, were hard charging more than I was, were like what I wanted to be, we'll call it. Once I started respecting that, then I started paying a little more attention to detail. I think there's a point here too that um, <clears throat> is really important to get to, and that is early on in life. I don't know how many, I don't know how many of us understand how much we actually affect the world around us. 
right? When you're when you're a young man, especially, you don't really see any of the changes that happen based on how you act, and it is very challenging to to then you know push push that out into the future and say, oh well, if if I if I work at this, things will change later on because you know, we're still time dilated, right? We're all, we're all focused on right now as a, as a young man when you're 17, 18. It's all about right now, not 10 years down the road, not 20 years down the road. Um, and I was talking to uh, Seb yesterday, and I was joking about this, was that I never thought I was going to make it out of my 20s. I don't think any of us really did. <laughs> I think it was yeah. just like, yeah, we're here. It's crazy. Probably won't make it out of this, but whatever. Um, but the concept of the fact that we can actually affect the people around us, the sure. world around us, with concerted effort. And I don't think we get that as young men. Dude, I'm just barely understanding it now. I'm freaking go. 60 this year. How was I supposed to understand it at 20? I mean, Under, underachiever I, there, Sean. I literally every day tell 20-odd-year-olds what you just said. Like, wake up. This is, this is how it plays out. This, this is the trajectory. This is what you're going to come to understand and then when you're my age instead of looking backwards and learning all of this just listen to me now get the wisdom and start looking ahead with all of it tucked into your right pocket that's not how it works because maybe as a young man or a young woman you think you've got it all figured out and you don't need to listen to that old dude i know because i used to be that young dude not one to listen to that old dude but you got to find the right person at the right time saying the right thing. If you respect them, you like to do. Life will show us like our lessons and what we need. I think that that's the way it goes is that we like from what these psychics are telling me, we live like these past lives. I don't know if I'm there yet in understanding that, but like the idea is that you keep living a life until you live the one that's true to yourself. Um, but what I did want to point out was that the smallest of actions can ripple out to the biggest of things. And you never know how much empathy and compassion and unconditional love will go. I was not taught uh, unconditional love as a child or even as a young adult. And I never really connected with my heart. And my life forced me to a point where I, I was so, I was in such a suffering state of mind because of this lack of love in my life, because everything was the antithesis of that. And so it pushed me to tap into what unconditional was, love was. And, and in that, it showed me it. So everything had to be just as it was to push me to that. So I think that our life is our lesson. And we all go through these different progressions at different times in our lives. Like it wasn't until I was, you know, just a couple of years ago, going through my spiritual awakening journey that again, I tapped into my heart and love and unconditional love and empathy. And what that does is now when I'm setting up my booth and I'm sharing the message of what I, what I do, I just sit and I get to know the person across from me. I don't try and sell them a book. I just try, what's your struggle? Because I wrote a book that, that I believe can guide you in a general way where you can take your own experience and, and then use that to, to wake yourself up. And so that's what I think it is, is just, we all go through things. It's just whether or not we're being given the information to uh, take that experience that we have and use it to elevate our ways of thinking and being so that we can live a life true to ourselves because we suffer when we don't. That's very true. Do you know what I find? Um, taking your uh, dialogue just now 
and condensing it down into a, I'll paraphrase it and, and I'll say this, uh, most army goofs don't understand anything that you just said. And, and it's, and it's not because you can't speak. I mean, you speak well, I totally understood it, but most army goofs don't understand what you just said because we're not prone to listening to that kind of talk. It's, a, it's psychological conditioning that is programmed to limit you. And that's, dude, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's why I started this sentence. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> it's, it's a problem out there. And, and I think that I, I haven't seen your book. I don't know what it says. I don't even know what's on page one. But any tool that will help someone open their mind mm -hmm. is a good tool. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're trying to do over here. Mm -hmm. um, listen, if I say unconditional love, it means something different than if you say unconditional love. Because people who, who know me would go like this, what, did he just say unconditional love? I rarely hear him say that. I thought he was all about punching people in the throat. Uh so mostly. It, mostly it's a language thing too yeah the well, words yeah, you choose sure. they're all for sure for sure so when when i'm speaking in front of the microphone i try to choose my words carefully mm -hmm. and i don't throw out random words like unconditional love without much thought because i know the power it has mm -hmm. when i say it not you say it maybe you, when you say it it has more power than me i don't know i'm not making that contextual comparison i'm just saying people ain't used to hearing me say it Mm -hmm. And so these are tools that have to be used carefully, wisely, like a scalpel sometimes, strategically. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I reserve my unconditional love speech. Rarely do I throw it out because it has kind of power if you don't overuse it. So there's, there's using it carefully, there's overusing it, and there's underusing it. It's for us to figure out how that all plays out in language. But because so many people don't speak about it, that's why I showed it from the rooftops. Mm. And then you become the boy who cried wolf. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to do me. I'm just, <laughs> oh, I know, dude. Dude, I, I'm not trying to change you. Do yeah. you. Get, get all crazy and yell from the roof. Yeah. And, and eventually people will get tired of yelling. I'm just saying there's a population, there's a segment of the world that it won't appeal to. So if you choose a strategy, I'm just going to yell from the roof until my voice goes raw. That'll work for a section of society. Mm -hmm. But I believe that our jobs is to reach everyone. And so mm -hmm. that requires a more than one dimensional effort of, I'm going to do me and yell from the rooftop. I know that's not what you're saying. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but uh, there, it, it has to be a multifaceted approach. It has to be like a campaign, man, like a battlefield, you know? If you truly believe in what you are doing is good and you want to be a light warrior, then own the battlefield. Don't just own a tiny little battle, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a good point in that um, <clears throat> it is a battle space, right? And there are multiple pieces of terrain in there and there's uh, life is not a one uh, like a linear path right we can't just consistently think that this is the way because the way changes and it shifts and it as you develop insight into your own actions into your own abilities into your own what like your own history how you interpret the things that have happened to you in your past is going to change the way you look at the future and so i think that is uh that's an important piece is that it if you limit yourself to anyone, to any one path, whether it be helpful or not, or um, moving forward or not, or trying to inspire people or not, or, you know, we all, we've all known and met people who are 
you know, negative Nellies or completely depressed or in really bad places in their lives or all these things that we could give them one tool and say, hey, this will get you out of there. But will it? Might not. Much better to hand someone a plethora of tools and say, here, try it. See what happens. See what works for you. And I think that uh, I think that's a, a key point is that these things change every day, all the time. As the world I'll tell changes. you what doesn't change as is the enemy. So I just did a SMASK, Situation Mission Execution mm. Service and Support Command and Six. The <laughs> enemy in this case, in David's case, is the person who isn't listening to him. I know these are poorly cho chosen words. I'm just trying to get us across to the point. So you're analyzing the enemy who isn't listening and you need them to listen. And so the enemy in this case is a bunch of soldiers, we'll say, who who you feel would benefit from hearing about how light work or how spiritual work or how you can enlighten yourself and evolve up a couple of layers. Um, if, if you're using the wrong language with them, of course, they're bouncing. And if you're standing at, uh, on a roof and yelling, they're bouncing. Because as a veteran or, or if, if as a young buck, someone would have been yelling to me about light warriors, I'd be like, dude, you're about to get punched in the head. <laughs> I don't want to hear it because that's who I was back then. I didn't want to hear a pile of nonsense. I just wanted to get into the bar. And so um, with veterans as the example, if that's part of your demographic, you, you would need to have multifaceted approaches to putting out the word. And I know you're not yelling from the rooftop. I've got to keep going back to that as the example to, to illustrate the point that there's times when you've got to be super quiet and just sit in the back corner and just listen to yeah, some sometimes dude. I do that. Like well, when well, I was at I the know. psychic event, I, I, I would just I know. put my headphones in and meditate, I know. and people would be I like, know. What I, is this guy up to? I know I'm, I'm I'm this is for the internet, not for you. Yeah. Uh there there's approaches to veterans, there's approaches to non-veterans, there's approaches to space aliens. We've all got different approaches that we need to put the hook in to someone. And sometimes the hook shouldn't be put into whoever's standing in front of you because that hook ain't good for them. So it's all it's figuring all of that stuff out. And sometimes David never yells. But if he did yell, he wouldn't have the nuance to understand the person who's receiving the yelling. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Shane, you got any thoughts? You're been awfully quiet up there. <laughs> well, I'm just listening. I'm taking it all in. You know, I agree with it for the most part. But I mean, to me, that's just simple selling. Uh, you know, the unfortunate part is you won't be able to get everybody on side. You know, there's just uh, there's just no possible way. But I think the goal is uh, is uh, is just because you're just you're trying to bring the majority of people along and uh, and get them to listen to your story and uh, and and make some good life decisions from there. Uh, that that's that's really the thing. Yeah, I just took I wrote it and people could take it or leave it. It's just good yeah. information that I didn't think that. Again, the mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. We are not getting an owner's manual, so I just wanted to create one. And if you mess with it, good. If you don't, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah. And I do really pick it up in later life. They're going to pick it up early on. I mean, there's, yeah. yeah. All you can do is hope for the best. The fact remains is that you have opportunities like this. You know, being online or being on uh, on social media to get that message out. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a what a what a great world to live in if you use it the right way. Uh, you know, to share that message. So. I really like uh, I really like the fact that we have this like this this as a tool 
in society is something that is underutilized, I think. Or it maybe it's overutilized in a negative way. Let me put it that way. It's overutilized in a way that's not really helpful for a lot of people. But it could be. And I, I utilize this for vets. I utilize, you know, I, I do lots of... The fact that I could talk to somebody on the other side of the world on this thing, yep. right? Like, it's kind of mind-blowing. And I mean, especially for, I mean, yourself and Sean, you guys were raised in a point in time when, like, I'm going to go back in the day. I mean, dinosaurs were walking around when Sean was there. but it's, <laughs> <laughs> And it stopped being mind-blowing to me about 260 live chats ago. So Yes, you've been uh, at it for a little I'm, while. I'm kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, what do you got? So what, speaking of tools, yes, this is an interesting tool. But more importantly, specifically this tool that we have right now in front of us is mm -hmm. Shane and David. And so what I see is a representation of a master seller and someone who is getting into the selling game. Now, those are poor choices, poor titles, poor words, I know, but at least it'll get us going in the general direction. Exactly. So um, rather than talking about uh, one-dimensional demographic reach and what whatnot, I'm more interested in this tool that we have in real time, and that is... Shane, do you have any ideas for David in respect to how to get a broader reach in what he's trying to do right now? I'm not, I'm not talking about double or triple your psychic fares. I'm talking about is there another way for you to maybe mention something that you've picked up over the years? Really, a lot of it comes back down to listening. Yeah, everybody has, uh, everybody, uh, let me rephrase that. Yeah, the people you're talking to, they all have different needs. You know, they, uh, you know, their ears are either big or small and, uh, or they're just closed off, like I mentioned. So, I mean, don't, don't disappoint yourself. Work towards, you know, talking or getting your message out to the majority, but listen above all, because, you know, you might be very close with some of them and, you know, one, uh, one way to turn them off quick is, 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 is talking over them. Yeah, I get that. I So I went through a little bit of a lesson here in that where the first week I was doing it, it was like the icebreaker. It was like, what am I doing? You know, I, I really was proud of what I created, but there was still a little bit of, I was scared a little bit, just putting just putting this out there, right? So the, the first event was like an icebreaker. The second one, I knew I could do it. I was connecting with people and it was great, but I was also selling them because I, I got a job in sales to, to, to develop my interpersonal dynamics. And, and then I went right into that to utilize those skills to try and make up for my lack of compassion. And I realized that because a psychic pointed it out. But so the second event, I was always like doing my, hi, I'm Dave, this is my book, blah, 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 blah. And then they'd be like, oh, that sounds great. I'll buy one. Like, yeah, I'm doing great. But then a psychic came up to me and was like, you, you don't need to sell people. You just need to be your authentic self and also what, what it taught me to is under, again, understanding their struggles, because like I knew my struggles and I knew my blueprint to unraveling madness within myself, but it's more powerful if I know their struggles and then I can say, Hey, these tools are in there for you. Some of these tools, again, might not resonate with you, but these ones will, and I can showcase that. And then you can use this as a reference guide that whenever these struggles pop up, you could just read this little part and then be illuminated by the information instead of not having anything. And so once I made that switch to I'm not trying to sell somebody and I'm just genuinely trying to connect with them on a deep level where what's going on with what, what do you struggle with? Because, like, you know, we just kind of like showed each other our wounds, you know, and and that's vulnerable. 
but it was also when everything really tipped and got incredible because once I once I made that switch from selling to genuine, yes, everything changed. Um, it's relationship building versus transactional selling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was really, mm -hmm. I was really about the connection, which was my intention the original time. But again, a lot of my, yeah. I left my job. I needed to make an income, so that kind of crept into my mind unconsciously. And then once I was woken up to that by the psychic kind of pointing it out, I realized, okay, that's, that's the block, remove the block, connect deeper with people, have that compassion, listen, use your ears. And, and that is a superpower. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. And thank you for, you know, sharing. Yeah. I love a good superpower, but it's how you use your superpower now to the crunch. I'm curious. So, um, do you want to use your superpower relationally or do you want to use it scalably and so you're on the internet right now it's hard to build a relationship unless we're doing it right now buddy uh so it's hard it's hard to get all psychic with someone uh remotely i know it can be done i'm, I'm not saying it's impossible it's not my point it's harder and so uh it's also hard to scale there's only four of us here right now and a whole pile of people who may or may not listen in the future who you can't connect to right now and so the question would be that your superpower, you're going to get to a point of a branching decision, maybe you've already thought it, where you get to decide, oh, I'm just going to hang out with people one-on-one, -on -one. they're right in front of me, I poke them and I get it, or bam, I go this direction, and now I'm scaling up and I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, not one-on-one. -on -one. So what are your thoughts on that? The exact thing that you just said, yeah. So when I had my on my knees crying moment just a couple of days ago when all the world came down on me poor me i had that one-on-one -on -one opportunity of being at the psychic fair getting a, a book in hands of people spreading seeds and i thought that that was it but what was always uh being put off was my people telling me hey you should start a youtube channel and i would always be like oh, yeah you know but now now i have an opportunity to do that and so if i create one video and then somebody can watch that forever that's powerful and so it it's just, it, yeah it's just what you're saying where again it's when i'm doing it at the you know the psychic fairs that i was on i was one-on-one -on -one with somebody and it was beautiful it is but, beautiful but it was done there i mean not done there because they'll they'll yeah, read yeah. the book be illuminated by it tell their friends blah 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 and it'll branch out whatever but if i were to create a, a fantastic relational uh youtube video that could be watched anytime forever. Well, now I can reach more people. Now I can do more things and, and I can spread this out in a way where, and that's that, that like I was waiting for why, why is this happening for me? And instead of to me, because then that was the victim that was, I was the victim for a couple of days until I became the hero of this is happening for me. Why? Okay. Well, maybe it's time to start that YouTube channel. And when I do, I'm going to do it in my, I'm going to grow. I mean, it's not going to be great. I, I don't know what it'll be, whatever. It's just, I'll get better at it. And eventually it'll turn into something that'll be incredible. And that's how I could reach a lot of people. Okay. You know? Now I'm just going to add, throw a cautionary note in. I, I didn't know if we get to this point, it's kind of where I expected we might get. So that's why I feel obligated to throw out this cautionary note. So you've got, and this may not happen to you, buddy. Maybe you've got it all nailed, but at some point you were one on one and it's seductive. Like, it's seductive. And then you decide I'm going to scale up and I'm going to go with the YouTube or the IG or the socials, whatever. Now you ain't one on wanting. And there's going to be a phase there where it is quite the opposite of seductive is like, I'm out of here. 
this sucks. Sucks isn't the same as seductive. And so you're going to go through a transitionary phase there where you'll probably want to quit. Mm. Don't. Or you will suck. Yes. Uh, so it's that transitionary phrase where you've got to keep your nose to the grindstone, stay focused and disciplined on understanding that I can make this happen. Mm. Dude, you're a freaking light worker. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. Oh, you know I what will. I'm saying? I, uh, when I wrote the book, I would think about the people that would, would want or need it um, in a way where it could be a resource for them. And once I, once I kind of did this fair and I was, I was taking pictures with all the good connections that I have and I still have those on my phone. So that's something that I'll probably prime myself with is I'll remember all those connections with those people that I made. And I'll think about those are the people that would be watching these videos. And so that would be in my mind that this is what, this is what it's for. This is who it's for. And this is what it can do because if I can create something that is magical, it can illuminate the world. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Shane, speaking of magical and illuminating the world, uh, how are you doing that, by the way? That's a good question. Well, you know, I, I mean, even going backwards to, uh, to the last comment, yeah, don't, get, don't disconnect from real life. You know, social media is a wonderful thing, and it's a great marketing tool. Just don't disconnect from that face-to-face conversation. But mm-hmm. come up with a great marketing plan for uh, for your social, especially YouTube. Uh, how do I do it? How do I illuminate the tape? You know, hey, there are good days, there are bad days. Let's face it. I mean, nobody's perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you try and wake up every morning with uh, with a routine and a positive attitude, and uh, and come in and uh, and take make the most of the day. But I think you know part of the part of what uh, what makes it worthwhile getting up in the morning is knowing that you can make a difference in people's lives. I mean, professionally, I get to do it with uh, with 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 selling homes, selling dreams, really. Yeah. Personally, I uh, I get to not only affect my family, but I get to affect uh, other people that I do meet on social media. So here's a little hint or a tip, rather, how to uh, how to do it is you make all these connections, and if somebody asks you out for coffee. Try going out every once in a while and uh, imparting your knowledge on them because that can actually be fun. It's it's really kind of a two way uh, two way street, you know. I've sat down with uh, with other CEOs. I've sat down with uh, you know high school students writing a paper, you know. And for forty five minutes, I mean that's probably the best forty five minutes you're going to spend every week or two, just uh, just sharing. You know what you've learned in life you know going back to earlier on sean's comment about you know the right person in front of you that's one way to do it yeah it should be a win-win it should be them winning and it should be you winning and winning shouldn't be that feeling of oh i'm imparting so much wisdom i'm winning it should be i want to learn something from this little dude in front of me grade 10 are you kidding me Make me smarter, grade 10 kid. And yeah. so I'm looking for wisdom in any conversation. I'm, I, that's, why, I, that's why I love this place. I come to learn. Uh, so I think that it is important that, that, just like Shane said, to identify these opportunities that don't just show up. We, we make them show up. I mean, yeah. the, the random convo in the coffee lineup only happens if we intentionally choose to go and hit a coffee lineup and then keep our minds open to the opportunity of the dude behind me mm-hmm. having something to say. And so it's our job to make those win-wins happen for sure. 
Like, yeah, I, I don't discount like any any sort of interaction or anything. Like like one of my wisest teachers was my daughter when she was born. You know, like watching the blank canvas we start out as, mm-hmm. it, it was really a, a, a huge tool for me to see what we what we become if we let it. And so I, anytime I interact with anybody, I definitely understand that it's a learning experience, no matter what walk of life or what age or what demographic or what nationality, I try and see the beyond all that. Because once I connected to this oneness, I understand people from all walks of life. And because I've seen so many walks of life in my time in the army and in times of just traveling and doing music stuff. And, and so I, I definitely understand the weight of the present moment in that it's an always a learning opportunity. And I try and take the most out of it. That's why I journal everything still to this day, because awesome. if somebody, if some kid says something and I'm at my son's soccer game, you know, I'll write it down if I think it's profound because I want to carry that knowledge, even if it's coming from a 10 year old, you know, I, I, I don't have an ego where I think that only wise people are old men with beards, you know? <laughs> Dude, are you calling me out? You like my beard? <laughs> What's up? What's going on here? What the hell? This is getting personal right? now. It's on now. There we go. You, you don't know me. Um, so question for you. You know, when you write down those things from uh, the, the kid out at the soccer game or whatever, mm-hmm. something profound, which I totally dig, bro. That's mm-hmm. like, a, that's a, you, you cracked it out of the park on that one. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do with it? I reflect. So I'll, I'll always look back and, and I care. It's almost like a carrying forward. So I just keep writing and writing and writing, but I always go, when I wake up in the morning after my meditation, I go back about whatever feels right, maybe five, six, seven pages. And maybe I write in one or two a day and maybe more, but I'll, I'll always go back and just kind of, it's like a carrying forward of information and it evolves into how it all kind of connects and correlates. Cause the book that I, I write in is linear, but the ideas that I think of are not linear. So mm. I try and use a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then like, how do these connect and how do they, and then that's how everything kind of evolves and, and takes it to the next level for me because, you know, all information can be used. And, and, and I, and again, I think we're all kind of guided through our life experience. So it's just about a reflection of, you know, if, if I thought that kid said something smart and then I tie that into some lesson that I'm currently learning, it can really evolve in a bigger way where again, it's, it's something that I, I, I like to creatively write. So, so it's something that just carries forward. I love that. Now I will say this, and this is not for anyone here on this panel. This is for the entire interwebs. Uh, th- it's a great approach. It's a amazing approach. Uh, as you just described it, the own, I always look for the upside downside or the threat non threat. And so the threat in this case is if you so singly minded, cherry pick things out from life, write them down and then singularly mind reflect on them and then singularly mind execute against in the future, etc. You're not bouncing the ideas off of anyone else. You're not contextualizing against some other super young dude who doesn't have a beard and is mega wise. And so you've got to kind of bounce off your own ideas off someone who either you respect or you appreciate their opinion or whatever, in order to contextualize that you haven't gone too far off the deep end or or derailed yourself with the, the mega wisdom that is now like making you the Unabomber. And so we, we can kind of laugh about it and say, oh, that'll never happen. And yet it does. Yeah. And so the idea being that if you keep your little bubble wrap world and you have it all in a little bubble wrap book 
and you bubble wrap your way through life at some point decades later now now you're the weirdo uh whereas by contextualizing things um against other people you can get a better sense of oh i just went a little too off the deep end on that one does that make sense yeah yeah no it centers you and i know that's not a threat for you i know that's not a an issue for you but i just want to get it out there to the interwebs yeah no i i talk about that in a part about my book about selecting wise teachers and i say that you know you shouldn't just accept everything that you hear and see because maybe it's not aligned to your truth and once you tap into knowing what your truth is like the then you use i i would use that as like a reference so i wouldn't blindly accept anything like even if you say something to me i'll I'll take it in and then I'll reflect about on it in my meditation. And then if I resonate and align with it, then I'll accept it. But it's not immediate for me. And and I always reference what I hear back within my own truth because, because maybe somebody has a polarizing opinion, maybe somebody has a, uh, an, you know, something that is similar, but just said a different way. And so I always bounce everything that I hear and see off of what, truth I found within myself underneath all those psychological programs. And I will say this finally, that last piece, and then I'll get out of this microphone. Um, I, I pursue polarizing opinions. Yeah. I, if Shane uh, wants to tell me that I'm completely wrong, he's now my new best friend. Because uh -huh. I don't, I don't want to hear someone who constantly agrees with me. I, that was a long time ago. Exactly. For me. Now I now I'm pursuing. Yeah, thanks for agreeing, pal. Uh, now I'm pursuing people who don't agree with me yeah, on, on a number it, of subjects. It, it opens your perception so much more, so that you can see wider, and then and then you have true intelligence and true wisdom. Well, let's not go that far. I mean, yeah. I mean, Sean definitely does not have true. <laughs> I'm seeking polarizing. It. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a couple comments, and then we're gonna have to wrap it up, but. Uh, Really great conversation today. It's been fantastic. Um, first off, Zach. What's up, Zach? How's it going, man? Good What's to see you. There he is. Daniel jumped on uh, a little bit late, but uh, he's good to go in here. But Winterstorm throws up another comment here. Remember not just to do things for people you know you can help. They will come to you naturally. Do it for those you don't know they need your help. Do things daily with that in mind. I think that's a really great point. Um, and I had one little thing before we shut her down is... Um, buyer's remorse i wanted to drop this in because we were talking about sales a little bit but i think honestly when you hit rock bottom it it basically is buyer's remorse it, it's a it's a point where you're like i just i don't like the thing that i got now and it usually comes from being sold something you don't need and guess who sold it to you a realtor you did oh. right. <laughs> dang dang i was yeah it's good no but that's the thing is that you know i did some sales when i was a kid and the uh the one thing i watched was my boss who was a very pushy salesman he was constantly like you need to buy that you need to buy this and you need to have these things and it was always you 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 got to do these things and he he never got any return customers people would like buy something and then they would never come back and my whole style of selling was just talking to people just engage with them, right? You listen, oh, you like that? Oh, you like that? Oh, well, these things are available. You could try these things. They would always come back looking for my, uh, not just my opinion, but for the discussion. And whether or not they bought something that day, they would come back the next day and the next day and the next day. And I think if you're going to talk to yourself and sell yourself something, you should do it in a way that you don't have buyer's remorse afterwards. And therefore, at least hopefully, you won't hit rock bottom. But then you do need to hit that every once in a while in order to learn. 
Um, if so, in fact it was a word. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts before we shut her down? Uh, Mr. Orvis Shane, any, anything off the top of your head that uh, you want to share with the world before we shut her down? Share with the world. Uh, yeah, just be your authentic self. I mean, people are going to gravitate towards you, and if they don't, hey, it's their loss. You know, you can uh, you can still be yourself and be happy with uh, with the with the life you've created and uh, and and carry on from there. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Dave. Last uh, thing, thoughts? Improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's my kind of my mantra right now, and so I just wanted to speak that out into the world. I like it. Sean, anything uh, brewing? I'm constantly improvising. I'm not sure if I've adapted yet. So um, I will say this. Um, thanks for the conversation, fellas. Mm -hmm. uh, not the conversation that I expected. Uh, well, I never have high expectations of my own efforts, but not the conversation that I thought we would be talking about, but the conversation that we probably needed to have, uh, as it turns out. It was uh, an interesting mix of enlightened spirituality and business marketing all wrapped up into a fascinating little subject that, again, was barely scratched the surface. So what the heck do we do with this, boys? I mean, do we come back and talk about this same subject a little bit more? I don't want to get all freaky deaky on, uh, you know, I can predict the future or anything like that. But I'm predicting another session. I is, mean, that, is that what's happening? I'm might good. be. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, I'm actually looking at Shane because I know he's kind of busy. And oh, and I'm... and I know that Shane definitely needs to be part of it. Cause because he's looking like he's too chill. I want to put him on the pressure. <laughs> I want to put him on that hot seat. He's got he's just sitting there with a smile going like yes. Sean's not talking he's to me right it, now. Playing it cool. Playing it cool. Playing the gray man. <laughs> I like it. Well, you know what? Part two. Yeah. To be determined, it will definitely happen in the future, as I guess that is continually my job to schedule these things. Yeah, thank you. I got absolutely promoted. I don't know. It's not really it's, a promotion, is it? Dude, it's a real privilege. It's an honor. You should you should have a little pin. You should make Ooh. yourself a pin. Merch. Ooh. You know what I could do? I could make a little pin. It would be like a torch with some wings, maybe. Dude, Something having to do with like legit. finding paths of some sounds sort. Sounds like you're finding <laughs> paths. <laughs> Um, that would, uh, maybe it would work. I don't know. It sounds some, something familiar about that, but eh, well, we'll see yeah, what happens. Whatever. Anyway, as, uh, as we all learn about each other, as we all build upon ourselves and as we all grow as human beings, we can do that together here on the collective. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo. Take care.